It is time for News with My Dad, a show where we talk about the news with my dad. And now the telephone playing the role of my dad is, in fact, my dad, the star of our show, Joe Smith. Pop, how you doing? I want to know, when did 11 minutes become little? Yeah. Uh, at least I'm a good guesser. At least I'm a good guesser. Well, we had the propon- we've had the proponents on twice, and each time we've had we've had a listener or two. One listener particularly said, "Wait a minute, you guys are giving this the kid gloves treatment, and 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 only having proponents on it. You got to give you got to give a, another voice a chance." And they had a really good point. And you have offered your own concerns with this thing, which we had a chance to share. So yeah, I, I, I wanted I, to make sure I, we got, I, we got I, to it. I am delighted that you gave a good voice. I just, I just keep telling people around the country, you should listen to our program, and I, I'm just afraid that they tune in at 7:30 and and five minutes later they decide they must be on the wrong time. So to those people around the country, who've had to listen to Initiative Petition 57 conversation, don't worry. This is now a show we talk about the news. We try to talk about the important stuff. Sometimes we talk about the unimportant stuff when it's unimportant. We try to say so. We take turns. Dad typically takes the first turn. Pop. Do you have a shout-out? I have shout-outs up the wazoo. First, I want a shout-out for graduating high school seniors, Rupert Lee, Jesuit High, here in Portland, and Rohan Wah, Sunset, Beaverton High, who came in number four and number nine in the top science and math scholars awarded by Regeneron Science Talent Search, resulting in, for Rupert, a $125,000 scholarship, for Rohan, a $75,000 scholarship, both to MIT, no small thing, compliments to Rupert and Rohan. Second, I want to shout out for basketball, the NBA. The NBA players that are making a really, really big deal about racial justice. And the WNBA that have dedicated their season to Breonna Taylor. This just, this just warms my soul. And lastly, that the Robert F. Kennedy Humanitarian Rights Laureate Award this year awards plural are going to Colin Kaepernick and Anthony Fauci I'm just shouting out for all of that it makes me feel really good dad we probably need to become WNBA fans say again I said we probably need to become WNBA fans yes I actually I have been a WNBA fan they play really good basketball I'm looking at the teams why doesn't Portland have a team is it, well, I guess maybe we're just not big enough city, but I don't know. Minnesota has a team. You got the Minnesota Lynx. We're we're you know we, we compete pretty well. We got the Connecticut Sun. I guess that's sort of a New York New Jersey team. I guess the Connecticut Sun is. But I, it just seems like I don't know. I think Portland would embrace the WNBA team, wouldn't we? I, I think would our, think they would. I think our t- I, th- I think we'd be down with it. So what? Where are we do we root for whomever? Are we supposed to root for the Seattle Storm? <laughs> Well, I think a lot of us are going to be rooting for, for is it, is it New York that uh, that got our got our star player this year? I don't know. I don't know. I I need to be tracking it better, Dad. I I have been so out of sports. 
partly because there haven't been any darn sports, but I just I'm just out of it. But let's get to the news, Dad. Federal I, troops. Yeah, before you, before we get across the news, yeah, okay. a couple it's, of acknowledgments. I, I just I do want my to best, acknowledge. Boss. I just do my that best. Today is Tisha B'Av, the day of mourning for the loss of the temple in Jerusalem, and to compliment some some of the congregations that are using it to celebrate Black Lives Matter. And then also, I just want to warn, warn, warn our listeners of two things. First, if you get seeds in the mail that you did not order, do not open Don't them. Don't plant strange seeds. You might plant, it might be a beanstalk, a giant's might come down. Do not plant them. Do not put them in the garbage because they might then wind up in growing something and we don't know what they're growing. You actually should contact the Department of Oregon, if you're in Oregon, the Department of Agriculture, if you're in some other state, the State Agriculture Department or whoever, but get grab your pen and or pencil and I'm going to tell you who to call if you get seeds in the mail. Are you ready? The number is 503-986-9000. Six, two. That's a Salem number, so if you're calling from Portland, you have to dial one first. That's 503-986-4662. And second warning, be very careful when you are buying hand sanitizer. Can I say something about seeds for a sec? You go on, and they just used to go on. I know. I, I want to say something about seeds. Okay, so, go for it. So the question, Dad, do you know why... Are you up to speed? I don't know if any of us are up to speed, but what do you know about why people are getting strange well, seeds in the Well, it, it's speculation that it's what they call brushing, which is a way to to lay the groundwork for getting people to buy something later. And they say that they send the seeds and then they put out phone, phony uh, praise from folks who got the seeds saying how wonderful they are, that's a speculation, but I don't know that there is any proof yet. Some but evangelical they do appear to be coming from China. Some evangelical churches have done this. They've called it seeds, and what they do is they send money. They send a dollar. They send actually a dollar in cash, and you'll get this dollar, and then on their in the letter, and then usually in their uh, corresponding TV program, they'll say, okay, now you've got to give us some seeds you got to give us some seeds, and the seeds we need from you is we need $100. And so the dollar is supposed to get you to have goodwill, feel like, oh, wow, these people are, man, they're just giving out money. This is a good thing. I should now give some money to them. And by sending out a dollar-plus postage, they can bring in more than a dollar-plus postage back. So that's one possibility is it's sort of a brushing thing, sort of a goodwill, uh, sort of a goodwill development thing. My conspiratorial mind goes in, no, no, and it's really they're trying to, it, it's, it's evil giant beating stocks. They're really trying to get it. They're, they're giants are trying to get The only way they can get in here is if some people plant a bunch of these things. And if we all do it, there's going to be beanstalks. There's going to be 1,000 beanstalks around the world, and we'll have and probably two giants per beanstalk, and we'll have 2,000 giants. And I'm telling you, if you've ever seen how hard it is to deal with one or two giants, try dealing with one or 2,000. Anyway, Dad, what's next? Okay, I want to warn people about hand sanitizers. Beware of getting a hand sanitizer that has methanol in it. There, there are a lot of companies, particularly one Mexican company called Esk Biochem, that are selling hand sanitizers that have methanol, and methanol can poison you right through your skin. So be very careful about that. 
And when, while I'm talking about hand sanitizers, just a, a little thing of the COVID, I've got lots of stuff to COVID when we get to it. But French winemakers, because there's been a real decline in wine purchases, a lot of French winemakers are, are using their alcohol to make hand sanitizers instead of wine, which uh, <laughs> we could talk a long time about the implications of that. We had, by the way, and thank you for this text to remind, and, and it, it, we did have, Portland did briefly, have a, a WNBA team. Uh, the question here, we had a WNBA. I believe they were called the Flame question mark. Uh, it was the Portland Fire was our uh, our WNBA team, but it only lasted a couple years, uh, 2000, 2002. And we were the only WNBA team that never made the playoffs. And maybe that's through, maybe they say, well, because the, the Portland Fire didn't really work out, maybe that demonstrates that, you know, it wouldn't. I, I think the world is different in 2020 than I think the world was in, 20, in 2001. Uh, and I think that Portland is bigger. I think we'd have more fans. I don't know. I think it might be worth a go. Just saying. Just saying. So, some, some enterprising, you know, 100 millionaire wants to get engaged with a WNBA team. Or even the Blazers. I don't know, because it was well, the counterpart and, to the Blazers. And, and, and also, also, I think that because of the great success of Oregon, particularly University of Oregon, but also OSU women's basketball teams, the awareness of women's basketball is significantly greater right now than it was 20 years ago. Well, heck, if they could sign, if they, they should just call it the Sabrina Nescu's. Just call that be the name of the team. She gets to own the team. She's the GM. She plays on the team, and she gets to recruit her own players. And I'll tell you, it'll be a success. We would get we we would get fans, and we would make the playoffs. All right, Dad, we, we don't need to talk about the WNBA the whole time. We can, though, and should talk about the fact that federal troops now are reported to be phasing out of Portland starting today. Yes, they today. are. They're supposed to be pulling out, although, although there is a, 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 apparently a cadre going to remain, which uh, Senator Wyden has said looks to him like a loophole that you could drive a tank through. But that's a step in the right direction. And last night there were only about 500 people who came down to protest. The uh, ACLU is suing the feds, uh, suing all over for for just really, really bad conduct. I mean, these these guys, and they are all guys, they are not good people. They, they, they I'm not prepared. I'm really not prepared to evaluate them. I'm not prepared to evaluate them as human beings. We can't evaluate their conduct. Yeah, uh, the, the, uh, that's right. We, I, they, they, they may be loving, they may be loving fathers and brothers, but some of the stuff they've done is just awful. Dad, I'll give a little more information about that. Governor Brown, we had reported this previously. You can also hear it on the local, which comes out every morning. Uh, Governor Kate Brown coordinated a deal with Acting Homeland Security Chief Chad Wolf. Uh, Brown also announced the federal officers will clean up the courthouse, remove all the graffiti. Chad Wolf, though announced the deal separately from Kate Brown and took on a different tone. He said Homeland Security would continue to reevaluate the situation in Portland before withdrawing entirely. Uh, And the other piece of news is that while federal officers are leaving Portland, other federal agents are being deployed to cities around America. Apparently, that includes Detroit, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Chicago, Seattle, and Albuquerque, or as I like to say, Albuquerque. And I predict that at least in some of those places, what is that that's going to do is it going to inspire a whole lot of people who haven't bothered to join protests to join protests, just as a, when we had 5,000 
just the other day because they see it as federal overreach, which it is. And while we're talking about the federal overreach, we should probably note the testimony of National Guard Major Adam DeMarco, who testified to Congress that said clearly if he, if he can be believed and he has no motive to lie, Barr, Attorney General Barr, just simply lied about the motivation for clearing out Lafayette Square and the timing of clearing out Lafayette Square. And Barr, of course, has all kinds of incentive to lie. And while we're talking about Barr, he was up, he finally appeared before the House Judiciary Committee. And I, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of that, but, but I, I'm not sure that they ever really landed a punch on him. Bill Barr is slippery fish. He's slippery fish. I was not impressed, I have to say. The uh, uh, I, I think they should do. I think they should rethink their strategy and asking questions. Sometimes they do it well. Sometimes they don't. Some members do it well. Some members don't. And I know they're all champing at the bit, and they've probably got some young staffers. We're really going to get them with this one. It's if you're going after a trained legal professional. And you are trying to ask them questions. Your model is not Perry Mason. They are not going to say, you're right, you caught me, I did it. That ain't ever going to happen. It's not, you're not going to be, you're not going to be Danny Caffey going up against Colonel Markinson. Okay, you're going to be, you are going to be at best getting some information that gets them to conflict with other things they've said. You're at best going to get it's 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 more delicate. It's little cuts at a time. You're not going to hit home runs. This is my take. That any advice for people who are wanting to prepare questions for really slippery fish witnesses. Well, the the, the biggest the biggest single problem that I see is the five minute thing, because there is no real opportunity to keep hammering at something, and until you get definitive answers and and they they don't apparently coordinate with each other so that they can pass the baton each one of them has something different to ask and many of them have more to say than to ask and what they really need to do is to designate one of their members that is really a good cross-examiner to take it over so you can you can chase the rabbit until you get it to its hole this is this is an excellent point, Dad. So figure, understand, when Bill Barr gets up, he's the witness. He is not the witness for the prosecution. He's a witness for the defense. Okay? And so you're not, it's hard to make your case, if you're the prosecution, by relying entirely on a witness for the defense. Now, Perry Mason does it. That's also a TV show. So the way you make your case is you try to make it with your prosecution witnesses, and then maybe you can maybe you can discredit the defense witness. Maybe you can strengthen a couple of your points and weaken a couple of their points. And then, during your other opportunities, then you have a chance to really make your case and tie it back to how you questioned that defense witness. Now, one way to do it is identify what are the three to five most important points? What are the three or four 
uh, points that you really need to rebut that Barr is going to make? What are the three or four most important points that you need to make sure that he is insufficiently rebutting or that you're able to actually advance? And then, as you said, Dad, coordinated. So if somebody, oh, I've run out of my time, I guess we have to change the subject entirely. And the fact that he prevaricated, the fact that he wavered, the fact that he dodged the question just means that we won't ever have to get to it. Then the next, the next person who's asking the question just picks it up right after that and goes after that same point. I appreciate right. what you said. What, what, what you, what, there's sometimes we have to say, first, first you say, I, I must not have made my question clear because you haven't answered. Let me restate my question. And then they say, and they, you get a, a hyperbole again, I really am going to insist that you answer my question. And they get hyperbole. And then you say, what I am going to interpret this to mean is that you are not willing to answer the question. Uh, you, you, you just need to, to do that time after time after time so that you don't let you don't let the witness get away with what Barr got away with. And that's the thing. If someone's going to be a slippery fish, at least they got to get punishment for being a slippery fish. If they're going to prevaricate, if they're going to dodge, if they're going to equivocate, if they're going to fabricate, if they're going to evade, if they're going to distort, then you've got to make sure that it is seen that that is what's happening. Even if you don't get any real truth out of them, at least got to understand that that is what is happening. And that was demonstrated also yesterday in the testimony of the bosses of Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, and Google, who came and were subjected to questions, critical questions from both sides of the aisle, the Democrats concerned about antitrust and the Republicans concerned that the conservative voices don't get enough of a play on those, which of course is absolute crap. But I, I'm really wondering, once again, they, they let them get away with too many, gee, I don't know, I don't remember, we'll have to get that back to you. Okay, when are you going to get that back? And when will we then be able to have you come back and answer those questions? That that just has to be done. But I do think, I do think that there might be some antitrust legislation going to come out of this. Uh, what do you think? You think think that actually you have the backbone to do that? Backbone to do that? I am very glad. I want to shout out to Carly who uh, who posted it in our feed and asked that we cover it. I think this is one of the biggest things that is on the ballot in the presidential race. And when I say one of the biggest, I think it might be tied for first. It might be second after the judiciary. Others could say no, that, that, that the collapse of American democracy is first. Uh, others might say the government being in the pocket or not being in the pocket of an adversary foreign power might be first. Uh, others might say the fight for black lives and protecting Otherwise, situations where kids are going to get locked in cages at the border. We can make lots of cases of what might be first. But I would say one of the things that might be first that isn't as famous as any of those things is, in fact, antitrust legislation, is, in fact, antitrust enforcement, even keeping the same laws. Most of the time, it's not because a new law is passed. It's usually because the Department of Justice or the FCC makes a, uh, or, or, uh, or FTC, excuse me, Federal Trade Commission, makes a decision based on the regulatory record, based on reg uh, regulations, based on laws that are already passed, based on like the Sherman Act and Clayton Act were like passed a long time ago. This is stuff that the president gets to decide. This is stuff that Joe Biden and Joe Biden's appointees get to decide. 
This is an enormously important thing. And one of the biggest dynamics of the economy right now, if you looked at the, if look at the last time we went through a depression, it was in the context of a huge change in the American economy, moving from an agrarian era to, uh, to an industrial era. And in the, and that, built up the economy and people, some speculators got rich and you had the roaring 20s and then what you had was not only a stock market crash but a decade-long depression. I have been making the parallel, the 100-year parallel of American history now for nearly 20 years and it's starting to feel almost spooky down to the Spanish flu. And if we don't learn the lesson of the last, uh, if we don't learn the lesson of the last century and if we don't figure out how to make sure that wealth is more broadly spread and make sure that economic power is not wielded by monopolies, then not only will we see these huge gaping wealth disparities, but also we have a less resilient economy and we could also again face a multi-year depression. So this is it's a big, big, big one. Uh, there's, there's some good pieces on Vox, good pieces in other places about things that the... Uh, and Dad, how much of those hearings did you watch? Did you have any takeaways of the hearings themselves? Uh, well... The, the thing that I just can't help noticing is how many times they didn't couldn't answer the question. They couldn't answer the question. Yeah. There, so much of what's happened in the tech economy has not been in the sun. And it hasn't been in the sun because it's, you know, until about 20 years ago, it was really, really new. And it's still kind of, kind of technical. And it moves so very quickly. But the other thing is, in whose incentive is it to really get it out in the sun? Well, it's got to be in the incentive of the people. And if there is a pro-democracy movement, then we've got a chance. Uh, according to Vox, here were the five, uh, or no, actually the, the Vox article, it says there's not going to be, it's not going to lead directly to regulation. That was their, uh, that was their case. And right now they're so powerful that they're going to be able to resist it. But ultimately, and this might have been what was on the ballot, that for many, many of those who are supporting Elizabeth Warren uh, over Joe Biden, it was, I even know people for whom it was because they thought that she would have a better likelihood, have more motivation and greater chance of success at actually doing with the tech giants what, uh, what the United States did with AT&T, uh, what the United States, had it not been for antitrust enforcement, IBM and Microsoft would be, would have pre prevented probably Facebook, Netflix, Apple from getting to the scale that they are now. Uh, and I missed Google. Uh, if it weren't for, uh, as I've said a bunch of times, and I'll say again, my dear friend who retired from Twitter said that the uh, said that Jeff, people keep thinking like all these guys I know, and he did say guys. He said Jeff, all these guys I work with, they all think that like the uh, wealth disparities that the only thing that is standing in the way, the only th standing in the way of some disruption of the current big five uh, tech companies is it's just, what'll change is just some guy in a garage. And he's like, no, that's just not true. It can't happen. The capital is too powerful. That new guy in the garage will get bounced, will get his stuff stolen from him. Somebody else will copy the technology or more likely they'll just buy him out. And he used the example of Microsoft. The only thing that kept Microsoft from owning the entire internet the only thing that even allowed Google to overtake Netscape and become its thing was the fact that there was antitrust enforcement. So, yeah, all right. At least I've used volume. I don't know how much light I've shed, but at least hopefully I've shed some heat. And something that I believe really should be seriously considered, which I, some people say, boy, that's really far out. I think the, there should be serious consideration of creating a government-owned 
independently governed, however, corporation, sort of like the BBC, to do what Facebook does, to do what Google does, so that uh, because yes. giving the power to a, to a Zuckerberg, who's 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 still just a kid. What is he? Thirty-five. Well. Even setting aside age, Dad, no, absolutely right. The, the Internet, by the way, was not invented by some kid in a garage. That's right. It was built by the government. It was created, by the, it was created with tax money. And, and had, there, had we not been, I'll say this, had we not been in the middle of sort of Ayn Rand ascendancy in, uh, in American uh, ideology, had we not been in a period where money was dominating our political structure so obviously, I think it would have been actually pretty likely that either the post office would have taken it on or it would have been a new agency in cahoots with the post office. Because when they, as soon as they realized, oh, wait, the primary way that we are going to have a system of mails as the Constitution uh, lays out, it's not all going to be paper. Okay, The way that we're going to have post roads and post offices is not only because of the transmission of boxes. It's also going to be because the transmission of information directly digitally that we, the government, have paid to make sure happens. Yep. Information and ideas. And that having having government involvement. And I still remember when, we, when I worked on the bill to create the uh, to create the, the uh, commission on um on uh, 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 on rural broadband, on on greater access to broadband, and ended up get, getting some money in there uh, for uh, for broadband access. And we're also looking at well, what should we do with Wi-Fi generally? What should we do with the internet generally? And one of my one of my friends got visited. I think it was by the damn CEO of AT and T. It was some huge, huge, highly ranked national CEO. It might have been AT and T who who lobbied him to make sure that he did not support uh, that he did not support treating the internet as a public utility. Of course, the internet is should be treated as a public utility. It is now more important than the telephone. Of course. And but the great fear and what's happened in this country that hasn't happened in northern European countries is it's been entirely privatized. And it doesn't mean we get better service. Go compare your cell service to the cell service they get in any number. We are one of the we are probably in the bottom quartile of of rich nations in terms of our access to the Internet and our access to particularly via our phones. We have lousy phone service, and in part because you haven't had the big hand of government going in and making sure that everybody gets it. So it goes into places where they think, oh, well, those people will definitely afford it. That, that's the you know, every rich neighborhood has good Internet. Anyway, anyway, Dad, we should take a quick break. Uh, we're nine minutes past the break, but that's all right. We started ten minutes late. We're just we're just going to dial the clocks back. When people listen to it on repeat, we'll just dial the clocks back, and we'll be exactly on time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. We're doing our best, or at least we're doing what we're doing. Good morning, everybody. I have a question. Okay. My question is. Does Julia pick the music? Yeah, she she has great she has great music taste, doesn't she? She has really good I know. taste in music. I know. She always plays cuts every time. Every time she plays songs and most of them I don't know, and every time I'm like, Oh, I need to get this. Yeah. Like every single time. 
just good. No, she should. She she is one of the best music curators in all of X-Ray, and that's saying something. And she is underappreciated, and uh, and somehow that should be highlighted more. But we don't let her know that because then she I, I, she I don't know she might it, it might impact her otherwise excellent performance. <laughs> she, might, she might realize she might realize what an undervalued asset that she we, is. We we were talking about political stuff, but I want to talk some more about political stuff. But but before we do that, I just want to remind everybody that the NBA truncated season finishes it starts it's finishing tomorrow the Blazers are going to beating Memphis and they need to win but elections political Biden has come out with a minority package which is interesting racial equity package yeah Good build back him. better package for economic recovery as well and and re- and recognizing that uh, there needs to be some some assistance to groups that have been held down historically going back to the 17th century. President Obama has raised 24 million bucks for Biden uh, on uh, online, I guess mostly online meetings where he has really gone on the attack, which is not character, did not characterize his presidency, but he's really gone after him. The turnout is interesting. Meme 2020, which was the organization that supported Bloomberg, is joining the Lincoln Project to encourage mail-in ballots and to try to raise turnout. And there's a lot of money being spent on turnout. Uh, George Soros' Open Society, we know the Open Society is funded principally by George Soros, is doing what it can to encourage turn turnout and the donors trust who we don't know who the donors trust are because they don't have to reveal their their supporters they're spending a whole lot of money to suppress turnout honest elections run funded by the Koch brothers who are not not the brothers anymore because one of them died and the DeVos that crowd also to suppress turnout and and, and I, I'd like to discuss something briefly. How about having a law that makes voting mandatory? Now, there are, 20, there are 27 scholars from the Harvard Kennedy School of, of Politics and the Brookings Institution have seriously proposed that, and they point to Australia, which has had that system for years, and the Australians love it, if you don't vote, you either have to come up with a good excuse, and there are statutory excuses that make it okay for you not to have voted, or you have to pay a $20 fine, and they get a very high turnout. And I think that something like that would really be worth serious consideration. What are your thoughts? I am more radical than that, Pop. I think we should not have politicians anymore. Have I... <laughs> I think I, I have a different just, view. Just pick people at random? Yes. I, and I know it sounds crazy, and I, I know it sounds like it's, it's way out there. I, and I, in fact, once I even, I wrote this as a paper. I believe it was my freshman year in high school. And, and it was a, as a, we learned about uh, Jonathan Swift and Swiftian proposals, right? Creating a, a hyperbolic fictional proposal in order to highlight a, bit of, a broader point. And the, 
and the essay I wrote was how we should get rid of politicians and we should just pick people at random. And I meant it as a joke. I now, I now know, I did not know then, I now know that that is in fact what Aristotle t- intended. That in fact he said elections are for plutocracy. A lottery is for democracy. That if in fact we, did, we should have citizen juries that make a vastly larger number of our decisions. So it, and it would fundamentally transfer. You wouldn't have, have to buy all the elections. That wouldn't be as big a problem. You wouldn't always be worried about the next election. You'd go in there and you'd try to figure out what was the best thing. And if anybody thinks that, and, and the only critique I can think of, that's not true. I can think of lots of critiques of just about anything. But the primary critique is, well, what about the dum-dums? What if, they, what if we have a bunch of dum-dums do it? What I'm going to say is, I would take any American set of randomly selected dum-dums. Now, there might at least have to be something, like you'd have to let, like, like sign up or something. Like there might be some you basic. Have, have a sign up. What, what you might have is you might have require a fair, a really fair test of some sort that you had to pass to be qualified to participate in the lottery. So, so you are choosing from people who know what the Pete is going on. But it, it, it's an intriguing idea. And I think that it's, uh, and so anyway, it, it actually has a word. It's sortition. And I am now a sortition person. And if I'm going to pick radical changes, and I'm working on stuff, right? The two things I've been working on have, are, are uh, public safety, transformation, police accountability, and uh, that sort of bucket of stuff, and then, and then campaign finance reform. Those are sort of the two things I've been working on in my, in my kind of volunteer time. But, the, but if I'm going to spend time advocating for transformational democracy change, I'm now a big fan, and shout out to Healthy Democracy Oregon, which is a, a group that has done this in one version about ballot initiatives. They basically do citizen juries for ballot initiatives. If, if we actually want real democracy, if we want to be able to make decisions based on the best data and not only about power considerations, that I'm going over, I'm going past mandatory voting, and then I would, I, I'm going for citizen juries. I'm going for sortition. All right. There is a serious problem, however, with this idea that occurs to me, and that is, what do you what do you do about continuity? In other words, do you do it every single time so that no incumbent ever is replaced? And if you do that, what you've really done then is you've turned government over to the bureaucracy, and and the uh, Folks who get to vote on the laws and supposedly on the policies will have less and less actual influence, and that that is a problem that uh, at this moment I can't think of how you address. Because I, I I believe, of course, I I am one who is absolutely opposed to mandatory term limits, that uh, the way you keep somebody from being there too long is you elect him or her out. But but it is important to have folks who are there for a while so that the bureaucracy does not wind up running the show. Joe Biden said on Tuesday he's going to announce his running mate the first week of August. Dad, that's really soon. Which, which starts day after tomorrow, by the way. He seemed last week to back away from his timeline, but then he recommitted to it on Tuesday at a speech in Delaware. He has pledged to name a woman. Last week, he told MSNBC that among the finalists are four black women. 
that team has been vetting, at the very least, Kamala Harris, Susan Rice, Val Demings, and Karen Bass. And, Dad, I think it's now official that Elizabeth Warren is out of the running. Well, that might be so, but I can't help but notice today I received an invitation to attend an online joint meeting with him and Elizabeth. Yeah, I think she wants to help him be the president, and I think and she maybe she maybe she'll wind up as tre- secretary of the treasury. I don't think so, because here's the thing, Dad. They got a they got a Republican governor in yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah, that's right. She 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 needs to stay in the Senate. It's a deadlock cinch. I, before I was saying, oh, that's one consideration. I was being a dumb dumb. I was saying, well, one consideration well, is that we lose a Senate seat. That, that we've talked about. We, we, I've talked about that before. Right, but and and I listened and I listened. And I considered it a consideration. But now it is the whole thing. It is, it is the whole thing because there is, not, there is not a single circumstance I can imagine where that Senate seat is not going to be important enough that oh, I guess we can lose one, right? Because it's very likely. It's, it's not more. It's almost like might even be 51% chance. But it is, there are lots of scenarios. It's at least 30% chance that this thing is going to be about 49, 51, 50, 50, or 51, 49, that it's going to be within a vote or so. And, and we're not going to lose. And so for all the Elizabeth Warren fans, we're hoping that she'd be vice president in the hopes that then she'd be in the great position to be the, uh, the Democratic nominee four years from now. I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to be Warren. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. And uh, that, that gets me back to thinking that that Deming's potential coattails in Florida have to be a serious consideration. All right. You're, you're picking Deming's in your prediction. No, you're picking, picking Deming's. I'm, I'm saying that it has to be a serious consideration. I think every if if uh, if he was if he is solely governed by who he feels simpatico with and who he thinks would be a good person to receive the reins, I think Susan Rice looks awfully awfully good. Um, I want to ask Julia. I want to ask Julia who thinks she's going to be, and the dad that's going to give you a chance to say who you think it's going to be, and I will share who I think it's going to be. Okay, and we've got and that we've we've each we've each offered various thoughts prognostications but now i want to hold us to it let's pick one name each and then we'll know hey, we're not right oh well but let's uh, julia who's been making the show go you you willing to go first i am willing to go first who you think i think he's going to pick kamala harris yeah dad what and do you have it do you have any uh, further rational anything more you want to say about that i don't think it's hold on dad hold on dad julia anything more you want to say about that i mean she's She's pretty mainstream. She's pretty moderate. She's from California, which is a very large state with a Democratic governor. Um, she's black and Indian. She's a good person of color. She's got a long history in criminal reform, criminal justice reform. Helpful. Thank you. Dad, What if you were going to pick one person that you think is uh, not who your favorite is, is that also your favorite? Is, is your prediction the same as your favorite, Julia? No, absolutely not. Do you have a favorite? You don't have to say if you don't want to. I mean, there's several people I like. I think, you know, uh, Stacey Abrams would be awesome. Um, I like, oh, I have, I, I, you're putting me on the spot. I far, I, I, yeah, I, 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 didn't well. prep, I didn't prep that, I, that's, uh, so I apologize. Dad, okay, so if you're going to pick one, not your preference, but who you think it's going to be, who, who you think? Well, first got to respond to the Kamala Harris. I do not think it will be Kamala Harris because... You, you don't need any help in California. California is a slam dunk for Biden, and so there is no particular reason to pick somebody for that reason. And I think a very... I, 
I guess my first choice, if I could make my first choice, would be Tammy Duckworth. I think that she would just be dynamite. Uh, who do you think is the most likely, Dad? Who think, do you think is I most think, likely? I think the most likely, every time I see Val Demings, she she yeah. has such a powerful presence. Right now she's not well known, but let me tell you, she is a powerful presence. And the fact that she might help with Florida, which is very important, I, I, I think it's a toss-up between Susan Rice and Val Demings. All right. I'm going with Julia. I think it's Kamala Harris. And I'm going to give a reason. I'm not saying it's my reason. It's a reason because that's who Russia didn't want most. Okay, the candidates that Russia didn't want most were Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Those are the folks that Russia didn't want. And and so I figure if Russia doesn't want them, that's probably somebody else doing the analysis who doesn't have the same interest as Russia. That's probably who they're going to pick. There's probably a reason Russia didn't want them. So that's why I think it's going to be Kamala Harris. I do think it's going to be Kamala Harris. I thought uh, it was going to be Kamala Harris for a while. My response to Joe on he doesn't need help in California is um, I think maybe he needs help in the West. And, and getting somebody from the West Coast, he's from the East Coast, getting someone from the Western side of the U.S. tends to help people when they're from the East. Yeah, it, 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 gives, some, it gives some imprimatur of geographic diversity, uh, and it skips over a large swath of the country, but it gets all the way over to the far side. But, yeah, I, but, but that's Dad, the Republican part of the country that yeah, skips over. Yeah, and, and Dad, my take that I offered before is I think favorite children, what used to be called favorite sons, uh, I think that uh, the presence of a person in a state, I think that has less impact in the modern media world and elections than it had before. Uh, and so I think the fact that Val Demings won a congressional seat in Florida uh, is less of is one of her stronger arguments to be vice president, uh, but is not as big, a, not going to end up being as big a consideration. Anything more on that before we move on? Nope. We did get a text. Oh, we did get a text. You want to read the text? It says, uh, what happened to Stacey Abrams? Dad, do you know what happened to Stacey? I mean, she's alive. She's doing stuff. Do you have uh, Do you have an impression of why she's not listed right now on the short list? Well, <laughs> give me the elections that she's won. Yeah. I think it's... Uh, I think Stacey Abrams rose up and, and, and really talented, really talented person. I put her slightly in the same category as uh, Beto O'Rourke, slightly in the same category as Bernie Sanders, which is that in a particular context, they were, uh, they were a hero or a heroine. They were hugely, uh, hugely popular and gave people lots of hope. And when there was a, and the idea of Stacey Abrams winning a statewide race in the South gripped the attention of progressive voters and donors and media pundits, et cetera. That is a different role. That is a different question than say, well, does that mean that that person ought to be the next president? And to me, the reason, the reason ultimately I say it's not because of the Russia thing, it's kind of a joke, but it's only, it's only mostly a joke that, uh, that a lot of the consideration, I could totally see it being Susan Rice and I don't know, and I wouldn't put a 51% chance on any name I would guess, but that, much of the consideration ought to be who will be the Democratic nominee in 2024. That Joe Biden ain't running again, and whoever the vice presidential Democratic vice president is probably going to be the nominee. And Kamala Harris is uh, would be viewed by a lot of party insiders to be a very strong candidate in 2024. Uh, and she's and she will be a you know sort of traditional age to run for president. Uh, when uh, when four years comes from now, and, and 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 I would I would also suggest that Val Demings also would be a very potent because again she comes from what Florida is what the fourth most populous state now. You're still sticking on this Florida thing, Pop. What? 
You're still sticking on this Florida thing. But, yeah, Florida's big. Well, that's, that's right. I have. But she didn't win Florida. She won a congressional district in Florida. I, I understand that. Okay. I understand that. But, but, but you, don't have, you don't have to pick a candidate to get California because California. No, I hear your argument. I hear your argument. Yeah. Uh, the dad Trump is behind in most swing states, but claimed he is ahead in other news this morning. He tried to grab, I guess he, he didn't just try successfully grab the headlines again. I don't know if you saw this, but tweeted that, uh, tweeted that he is making, uh, that he, that we should delay the election. He tweeted about vote by mail being a horrible thing and that we should delay the election. I got to find his tweet. Exactly. Uh, but any thoughts on the current president with respect to the coming election? Well, just do not count any of your chickens before the third of November. Do not think that. Do not think that any poll means he is going to lose. There were a whole lot of polls that said he was going to lose four years ago, and he didn't. So I want to. I want to pipe keep, in on keep, this Twitter. Keep your. Foot on the pedal, folks. This is now news with Julia. Julia, fire away. <laughs> so I, I heard this. I heard the tweet this morning, and I heard it on NPR. And um, actually, our our good friend Sean Swaggerty sent me the info this morning to share the um, stuff about the tweet. And I just feel like this president likes to tweet about things to distract us from things that really matter. And the the thing is, he has no authority to change the date of the election. Zilch, none, not at all. So it's a non-story. Why are we talking about it? That's it. Let's stop talking about it. He wants us to. That's why. And we got to do what he wants because he's the president. <laughs> yeah, I'll read his tweet. Can I read his tweet? Uh, there is no way, zero, that mail-in ballots will be anything less than substantially fraudulent. Mailboxes will be robbed. Ballots will be forged, even le- illegally printed out and fraudulently signed. The governor of California is sending ballots to millions of people. Holy mackerel. Uh, and, then, and then he went on to say, uh, you know, delay the election. Should we delay the election? Uh, well, the reason the reason to talk about it, what he has to say, it is true that he has no direct authority, but his opinion and the fear that Republicans have that they will wind up as the butt of one of his critical tweets is so great that when he makes a big thing about this, there are a whole lot of Republican legislators and Republican governors we're thinking, well, I better stay away from this one because if next thing, if I do support making it easier for people to vote, I'm going to get a bad rap from the president. And if I get a bad rap from the president, the 90% of Republicans who are still deluded into thinking that he is anything other than a despicable human being will punish me by voting me out. Well, Dad, in a second, we've got a guest that you booked. Jared. No, no, not not till quarter two. You're okay. talking. You're talking about Jared. Jared is going to call in at quarter two. All right. Well, let's take a very quick break, and we'll be right back. We'll recalibrate. Your listen, X-ray radio is yours. Oh no. I'll go with you now I got buckets of words Just to hush out the sound Of my heart falling down 
X-Ray.FM is supported by People's Food Co-op. Since 1970, People's has worked to offer responsibly sourced products at fair prices. Working with over 40 local farms to provide fresh, organic, farm-direct produce year-round. People's is collectively managed by community members throughout Portland. Located on Southeast 21st Avenue between Powell and Division, People's is open 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. during the COVID-19 pandemic. There is a 10 shopper limit in store. More information at their location on Southeast 21st Avenue and online at peoples.coop. I'm cold rushing water for the levy to break And the things that should soothe me just wear me away Don't know how to hold back what I shouldn't say Welcome back everybody. Listen to X-Ray. There's news with my dad. Pop, in local news, city elections office has now fined Ted Wheeler for campaign violations for the sixth time. A $2,000 fine this week. He accepted, again, more than $500 from a given donor. There are now $500 caps on contributions. Wheeler's campaign manager, Amy Rathfelder, said the focus on Wheeler's donor is, and I'm quoting, borderline harassment, end quote. Is the elections office, are elections watchdogs making a mountain out of small molehills and just trying to beat up on the mayor? No, they are trying trying to enforce an existing law, which strikes me as something they're supposed to do. The... uh, uh, I think so. Why do you think? Why do you think Wheeler keeps on doing this? It's probably just new rule. Is it just new rules? He got campaign problems. Well, the the rule the rule was there, of course, but it was ineffective because of the previous ruling of the the Oregon Supreme Court on campaign financing. And when when the court decided that its decision of years ago was wrong, automatically. A very strong case can be made, I believe, that the law became effective. And if the law is effective, then you should abide by it. The uh, I got to get I got to give it this week in charts, this week in charts. And shout out to Sean Swaggerty for sharing this. I'll, I'll hold the chart up close to the microphone for this segment. This is permanent closures now outnumbering temporary closures. This is listed on Yelp. The number of permanent closures listed on Yelp is growing, while the number of temporary closures are falling. The total is falling as well, okay? But what that is demonstrating, it appears, is that there are a lot of companies that announced a temporary closure, and a lot of those closures are turning into permanent closures. They closed what they thought would be a short period, and then they decided not to reopen. So that's this week in charts, is that temporary closures shrinking, 
Steve Henningsen was sort of a funny one. We can now finally see the V-shaped recovery everybody's talking about, but the shrink is just temporary closures shrinking and permanent closures increasing. I have a raft of stuff that I like to... to All right, it's time for laundry list. Here, time for laundry list. And I'll say, and then I'll say whether you we to keep it clean or, or, or what is it? clean it okay, up first, or keep it dirty. All right, first, my COVID, my COVID laundry list. The federal... The Fed is holding tight on interest rates. Russia is is sending lies over social media to try to make people think that COVID is a, a hoax. There were eight deaths in Oregon yesterday, all of them old, the youngest 65, the oldest 94, three of them in Multnomah County, three of them in Umatilla County, which is something about Umatilla County, TriMet has decided that they will allow three-foot spacing on Macs and on buses. OSU reports that of their 15 sports, all of their athletes, only three have tested positive, which is quite good. The Stella Emanuel doctor, who believes in sperm from outer space, all kind of stuff, Got, a, got compliments from DDT. First he said how wonderful she was, but he didn't know anything about her. 24 hours later, when he would have had plenty of time to learn about the remarkably ridiculous things that she puts out, he still said he didn't know, but he still thought she was remarkable. Keep it clean. I just had to throw that in there. There's no deal apparently close on a relief bill, which is a little scary. But uh, uh, hold on, let's clean that one up. What do we know, Dad, about the uh, about the relief bill? It looks like the six hundred dollar payments are due to end, and right now the most recent deal the Republicans offered is two hundred bucks. I think, yeah. Yes, and uh, Mitt Romney. By the way, I I participated in a, in an NAACP thing last night with Mitt Romney and the president of NAACP. And Mitt Romney has a proposal for starting out with 600 and then having it diminish d- diminish over several months that he's going to try. The, what, one of the things that uh, you just have to notice that DDT got into the, pro- the Senate proposal is r- money to re redo the FBI building rather than move it, where all the studies show that it would be cheaper to put the FBI building someplace else and sell the lo- per- current location. Indeed, he is afraid that might be a hotel which would compete with his hotel just up the block. Are you still on your laundry list? Yes. Okay. Yes. They, Are you still on the COVID laundry list or a different laundry list? Well, that's the COVID laundry list because he wants to get that in the COVID relief bill. Got it. The uh, uh, and also in the relief bill, which is relative, the re- Republicans really want to get li- a no liability for companies making people come back to work. And I think it's worth mentioning that that apparently has some serious proposals for the coming state legislative session. The L- Latinos suffer up to as many four times the number based on population the getting the COVID the uh, we're looking at something that could happen on the 1st of December an actual tsunami of evictions 
because of the COVID. And, of course, I'm curious, if landlords start evicting people, where are they going to find replacement tenants? Because replacement tenants may not have the money to pay either. Portland teacher, well, teachers around the country are pushing back against mandatory opening, very serious. And because of the COVID, the International Air Transport Association, IATA, says that they don't think that air travel will come back before 2024. Vaccine tests, a lot of vaccine tests happening, something to watch. And there appears to be a little bit of a surge in Germany, which is something to watch. That's my laundry list for COVID. Dad, I'm going to add to your laundry list. It just came out within the last hour. Herman Cain. Herman Cain, the former Republican presidential candidate, has died of the coronavirus. Really? He'd been in the hospital for a long time. The, wow. And I've got another This Week in Charts. And thanks again to Sean Swagger. This one just came out, updated just 21 minutes ago. This is the advantage of live, folks. There are disadvantages. But here's one of the advantages is you get up-to-the-date stuff, up to the minute almost, at least up to the 21 minutes. The U.S. GDP fell, Dad. The biggest, according to the, the tracking document I have, the biggest drop on record that I can see is about in a given year is about, uh, and maybe it's, I guess maybe it's less than these periods or maybe a given quarter. Yeah, it's probably a given quarter. The biggest one I've seen in a quarter is about 2.8%. Uh, looks like that's the biggest one I can see since the, since the mid-40s. Uh, what do you think the GDP drop was in the last quarter? Probably six or, probably six or seven. Nine and a half percent, Dad. Biggest on record by far. Nine? Nine point five. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. No, the the there has to be another stimulus package. It, the the stock market is lulling us into a false sense of security. Real estate values propped up by low interest rates are lulling us into a false sense of security. We are on the way towards a major, major economic problem. And that's a major economic problem that is going to define the next president's first term at the very least. It is a major economic problem that is right now just being covered over by uh, by the, the stimulus package that just got passed. That's good that it got covered over for that. And also by low interest rates and also by the uh, also by the stock market and actually by the trumping up of the tech stocks. All right, Dad. The Portland Book Festival is going virtual this year. It's always a big event. 10,000 visitors come to Portland for a celebration of all things literary. And this year, it's going to be online. Good news, maybe. It's going to be 17 days of Arthur Talks, Arthur Talks, author talks and readings. Also, live streams over Zoom. Uh, also, some broadcast. Dad, have you ever been to the Portland Book Festival? Do that stuff? You're a big reader, but I don't think you're a book festival person. You're right. How come? Is it do you like the books, but you don't like festivals? Is it, you don't like the party, or is it the party element of it, or is it the people? I take great advantage of the library. Libraries are amazing. I contribute to the library. My my departed spouse contributed quite fairly liberally to the library. She really took advantage of the library. I, mean, I was I I would go and get two or three books for her every three or four weeks from the library, and. Uh, I just believe in the library. Julia has been there apparently every year. She says it is wonderful. She says it because I know that she says it because she chatted it to me. Here, it's written down in front of me. I'll hold it close to the microphone so that people can see. 9.5% drop in the GDP in a quarter. Holy mackerel. 
All right. We are now joined by Jared Ketz, graduating senior, student body president of David Douglas High School. I live in the David Douglas School District. His senior year was cut short due to the coronavirus. Going to be attending Brown University in the fall, attending it in some way. I'm interested in both how high school ended and how college might start. Dad, anything you want to say to welcome Jared? He's on because of you. I just want to say welcome Jared, and I'm really glad that we've connected. Jared, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, hope y'all are doing good. Um, it's a little early for me, but that's okay. Um, I'm glad to be on. Jared, it's 844. The last time we were going to have have you on was about the same time you didn't come on. And I said, and I said, oh, the millennials. And then Julia corrected me and said, no, it was Generation Z. And I said, ah, Generation Z's. Because you were asleep. Isn't it like our, like, uh, just our, our biological clocks are just different, like, for, for um, like, high school age, like, folks. What time should school open? Um, definitely later, One. for sure later than it does currently. I don't know. Um, I remember I was in like AP Psych and we were talking about this and how like, um, I don't know, scientists who are in the area of, of studying like the effects of school and whatever, um, like, like people agree that we definitely should start later because of our biological clock. I think maybe, maybe around nine, 10, I'm not sure. Um, but like we naturally go to sleep later and then wake up later. Um, but yeah, the, I, you, first of all, you're totally right. I totally agree with you. And remember this, when you later on are, are yourself making policy or advising people who are making policy, <laughs> remember what you just said. Cause the problem is once people, you know, well, it's too darn early and then they get older. Like, what are these young people complaining about? School mm-hmm. should start what? Like nine thirty, something like that. Maybe 10. It'd be much easier. They'd learn better, and then they'd finish the day closer to when the workday ended. Uh, you're, you're totally right about it. Jared, how the heck was the end of high school, and did you feel robbed because your student body president year, you didn't get to do probably the stuff that, uh, you know, I was student body president of my high school. It was, you know, the, the, the year of when you're finishing up, it's kind of fun. Did you feel robbed about that stuff? Um, it was, well, yeah, it was a lot. Like it's it's not the best situation, but the whole thing's not the best situation. Um, I definitely I definitely felt like disappointed. Um, but like also like there's not a lot we could do about it. Like it's it's a whole pandemic. Um, yeah. Um, let me see. I know I definitely felt um, disappointed about the big because most of the senior events are at the end of the year. Yeah. So we didn't get a lot of those. Um, yeah, the all night party, like the heck, graduation itself, prom, I mean, all that stuff happens in the spring. Yeah, graduation was probably the biggest one, um, just because like I know like my like my dad was a sp- and me like were and my like family were especially looking forward to it, but also like um, I know school came easier for me like academically like it just made sense more for me, um, so like getting to the point of graduation wasn't too hard for me personally. Sure. Um, just because it made sense to me like like I just my brain just worked like that I guess um but like my heart especially went out um for a lot of like my other friends that like I saw like I saw them trying and like they like maybe failed a few classes but then you know got back on track and like took um makeup courses and stuff and like like worked so hard to cross that stage and then they weren't able to do that and that breaks my heart and there's a lot of first gen students like at douglas um, including myself that like that it means so much um just graduating 
Um, so yeah, that I, I remember the same thing. I remember the same thing at Grant, where you know, for the you know National Honor Society nerds, it was like, okay, yeah, we're going to graduate. That's not the problem. And so it was like, okay, that's it's a thing you do, and all that party is fun. But there were some of our friends for that. That was a big deal. The first people in their family had graduated to work mm-hmm. their tails off to do it, and the graduation night was a big deal. I appreciate that story. Uh, first gen, where are your parents from? Um, my dad, my mom's from here, and my dad is from Quintana Roo, Mexico. Um, so like. If it's where Cancun is, so if like if Mexico is like a J, you know, it's like at the like the bottom up of the J, like on the right side, um, uh, on the Yucatan Peninsula. Give us a demographic breakdown of David Douglas now. My something that you no reason you this is the first time we've ever talked. But my brother-in-law was also student body president at David Douglas. When he was student body president David Douglas, it was East Portland was more of sort of a white suburb of Portland. When I represented the district and the legislature, David Douglas, I think it had, what do we have, like 56 flags representing the countries, different countries mm-hmm. of origin of students. What, how would you describe the demographics of David Douglas now? Um, right now, I think the, pers- like, at least, like, percentages are around, like, I know it's majority POC for sure. Um, I think the, like, non POC or like white students like are less than a third or something around. Um, I know like a quarter are about about a quarter are like Latinx students. Um, somewhere around 15 to 12 percent, um, respectively, are like uh, black and uh, Asian students. Um, and like then, of course, there's smaller percentages of Pacific Islander and um, uh, indigenous students. Um, but obviously, like, those demographics don't encompass everyone and, like, how everyone, like, where their backgrounds are from because it's just so diverse and there is so many languages spoken. I remember I got to, like, junior year and I knew, like, I, I don't know, I don't think I remember it now, but I got them written somewhere in one of my notebooks. But, like, by junior year, I knew, like, a phrase or a word in at least, like, like close to 40 languages maybe. Wow. Just because, just not through internet really but mainly just talking to different students uh, in my school community now jared you you were elected the end of your junior year right mm-hmm. yes and did did you have serious competition um yeah um there was people who uh ran against me and then um yeah it was competition what what if anything did you do that you that you think worked particularly well to recognize the fact of the huge diversity and to to get folks who who come from all those different backgrounds to vote for you? Um, I think well I think one it was just like I had credibility like with um, my school community just because I don't know I like. If, if I didn't get elected ASB president, I would still try to be doing stuff in, the, in our community and try to make our community better. Um, I just felt like getting in a position had gave me like more resources and connections. Did you go um, negative? Did you go negative on your opponent? How dirty was the student body president race? At David I would never do that. I would never slander nobody. <laughs> it's always respectful. What were the campaign contributions like? Were you taking secret money and dirty money from the Koch brothers? Ooh, not the Cubs brothers. Uh, <laughs> what was the campaign budget? What's the campaign budget for student body president race at David Douglas High School in the year 2019? Oof, I don't know. I don't know the campaign budget. As for running, I had like social media cost nothing, and I didn't buy an ad. So yeah, and word of mouth is cool, and that's free. 
Are you in the pocket of Mark Zuckerberg? Was this all done by manipulation of social media? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Not Mark. Not, a, not Mark. Uh-uh. Well, I, I, more serious question. End of the year, mm-hmm. were you still going to classes for seniors who were like, listen, we got to have credits graduate. Were people still going to classes online, or was it pretty much just vacation? Uh, so there were classes, but I, like, offered, like, I think for those that still need to still needed to improve their grades to get credit for sure went and then but because I was passing and everything I didn't really like like just the the emotional I guess toll of like the the pandemic and like that just staying in my quarantine like this whole shift like took a lot of out of me and like I just was not I just my engagement dropped like yeah. 100% because I didn't like have to be there or whatever um and like I didn't go to like the optional like virtual classes, um, but yeah, that's just how it was. How many students did? Did you have an awareness of how many people shared your experience of saying, "Listen, I don't, I don't got it in me to participate in this stuff"? And how many people kept rolling? For seniors, as for seniors, I think like a lot like dropped off the map, um, but I don't know. You're heading to Brown in the fall. Yeah. Still the plan, yes. And are they going to have live classes starting out, or is that starting out online? What do you know? Um, so what's going to have? Oh, I'm not starting in the fall. Sorry, correction. Um, Brown is doing a trimester system, okay. and so there's going to be a fall, spring, and summer trimesters. Freshmen are not going, are not starting in the fall. Got it. Instead, we're having a summer trimester, so it's going to be spring and summer. Um, and then at that point, we're going to be going to classes. I'm going to be going to Rhode Island in January um, and then starting classes there. And I think it's going to be a mixture. So what are you doing for the next six months? Um, right now, I'm trying to find a paid internship because um, I don't believe in unpaid internships. Um, and I also like want to do some work in the community uh, somehow. Um, but yeah, trying to find a paid internship. And what do you want to do? Internship in what? Um just i don't know like just some sort of community work um not something in the health sector um but i'm not exactly sure i just know i want to make our community better are you looking when you say the health sector is that are you considering med school is that kind of a, a track you're trying to go on do you and it's maybe oh, an obnoxious I'm not, question not that sector what do you want to do when you grow up obnoxious um, question but i'm going to ask it um, I don't think it would be a traditional job. I don't think, like, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be a teacher. These are the jobs that I, I feel like a lot of students don't know how many options of careers there are because we only know these, like, basic, um, like, jobs that are, like, in movie scenarios or whatever. Um, but as for me, I'm not 100% sure what I want to do. Um, I know I'm, like, the my concentrations I'm interested in. Um, at Brown, there's concentrations, not majors. Um, are like political science, uh, sociology, ethnic studies, taking like Latinx and indigeneity related courses um, and stuff around that area. Um, I know I want to do some sort of community work, um, but I'm not sure how that will materialize yet. Um, Yeah. You're looking for a paid internship. It occurs to me that there might be one of our listeners who who are listening to you thinking, hmm, they might be interested in you. I'm going to give you the option if you would feel comfortable in sharing your really? phone number where they can reach you. Otherwise, they can call. They can just KXRY. text them. They can, they can text here. Put them in touch with you. They, they can text here. You can find or you can find them on his campaign website funded by Big Tech. 
No. That's not the case. That's not the case. We got a text in, by the way. The science is in. High school should start between 9 and 10, should end between 4 and 5, right when parents get off work. Teens won't get into trouble after school this way, and there isn't a teen on the planet who's going to wake up early to go find trouble. So there you go. There, there's that take. I, I, there, I, might, there might be a couple of teens that wake up early to go find Dutch Bros, though. <laughs> is that the spot? Is it, where, are the, where are the hangout spots? For a while, it seemed like it was Starbucks over by Gateway. Where are the hangout spots now in the David Douglas area? It depends on the school. Like, it, like it, oh, yeah, for David Douglas area, like people usually go to Starbucks before school. Which um, Starbucks? Like Which by? Starbucks in particular? Uh, the, I'm pretty sure. No, sorry, not Starbucks. Not. I'm tripping out. Dutch Bros. People go like Dutch Bros. Before. Like people always come in with Dutch Bros. Uh, and it's like probably the one that's like right next to the DQ. That's over right by Douglas. Uh, that's that's one. That's one. The Don Pedro's people coming in with breakfast burritos all the time. They're delicious. <laughs> I'm not sponsored by Don Pedro's, by the way. <laughs> So we're talking to uh, Jared Katz, former student body president, maybe current. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know when the new one comes in. Uh, graduating senior, heading off to Brown in the fall. Pop lined up the interview. Jared, it's really fun talking to you. I've got a question that I like to – I like. I try to keep in touch with the kids. Okay, I want to know what's going on with the kids. And what I really want to know is the current slang words. Okay, I want to know what, yeah, and, and, and it can be the obnoxious ones. It can be the ones that just got out of style. You know, it can be the, but I'm even more, just, it made me slightly more interested in the ones that are just coming up, right? So usually I don't do this on there. I usually do it with, you know, I, I like talking, I'm with a family, uh, family friends, and then I just ask about them. what are the slang words that are going around David Douglas right now that are appropriate for the FCC? We don't want to curse at all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Oh, that's crazy. Um, let me see. Um, it's wild because you don't really notice it. Cause I understand. You just, you just, you just say. It. I think one common, like really common one, um, is just like cap, like you're capping or whatever, or like no cap or like, um, like that's cap. Um, and basically like, like saying like that's cap, like that, like, like that's a lie or whatever. You're capping, like you're, you're lying right now. You're a liar. Um, oh, see, this like, is no why we do this. Like, that's the truth. This is fantastic. Okay, keep going. So cap, I, I won't try to say, but capping, which is essentially lying, that's very helpful. Keep going. What else? Uh, shoot. Um, I don't know if this, this is kind of like just normal. Like this is more older, I guess. But um, people say it like, like saying like that's a mission or whatever. I don't know if like, I don't know who says it or who doesn't. But like saying like that's like, oh, I got to go talk to my like, I don't know. I got to talk to my counselor, then my teacher, then go back to the north and south and to the pool building. I'm like, that whole thing, like, that's a mission. Like, that's a mission. It's like a, a long endeavor? Yeah, like a long endeavor. Um, I didn't think that was slang, but then I was talking to some friends that are in, like, different parts of the country, and apparently they had no clue with that, man. No, nobody oh, knows what that is. I'll say, like, swing sometimes. And so, like, like swing me some or whatever. Or, like, if someone got food or whatever, like... Swing can mean like like come by like drive by, but it, I feel like it also like pass me some like pass me some food or whatever or share. Got um, it. Oh yeah, swing me swing me some of Don Pedro's breakfast burrito is yeah for sure. Uh, uh, very good. I understand. All right, what else? That's three. We let's maybe one more. Let's see. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on another one. I don't know, like, 
So, so let me ask this. While you're thinking, let me ask this. So yeah. some old standbys. Which old standbys are still, are, are, you know, which, which old standbys are still applicable, shall we say? And which old standbys are like, no, that's corny. Nobody says that. Okay. So let's start. Let's give a few. So what, as a small, smaller child, for me, it was uh, rad and fresh were the, were the two. Does anybody in Christendom, does anybody in David say rad or fresh? Um, I've heard people say like like rad in a more funny way or yes. ironic way. Yes. Um, I don't really hear people say fresh. So I think now, so that what I just learned from you is I think rad is now like groovy was for me. People would not say yeah. groovy. They would only say groovy. They're sort of making fun of it. Okay, moving on. Uh, I, I assume cool is still cool because cool has stayed cool for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The uh, what? What else? What else do I want to know? I, I know that I know that only somebody who's tr- who doesn't understand how embarrassing it is. Nobody says on fleek anymore. I've known that for a long time. Any oh, other? No. Any other? Any other slang words that are very much out that people should be people should be aware of? How about that? Oh, oh, I know when that's like. It's, I think it's a little older, but like I know it confused hella people, um, and it was like like saying like that's like that's wet for food or something yes. or whatever. Um, that one was a little more common, a uh, little like older ago. So like wet, like a jump shot, is wet. Is that wet as a compliment? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so like 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 a burrito can be like wet, like that's wet, like that's like after you take a bite or whatever. Like a Dom like, Pedro's like, burrito and a Dutch Bros like coffee is like a as a wet combination. Yeah, or like that taps, like that's that's a common one. Like I hear, like that taps, like that burrito, that taps, like it's taps, really like T A P S, like it, like it's like like maybe taps that blank. Is that what's that? Is that like is it, it, it sort of kicks tail something like that? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I just like I just hear it like like this tap or like that tap. I usually it's hear a it like compliment, like that tap, like this burrito taps or whatever. It's a compliment. Yeah, it's a compliment. It's like this is good. Like this is like this is really good. This is my favorite segment we've ever done in X-ray. My my entire time here, it's been like six and a half years. I've never been happier than I am right now. Jared, <laughs> what? Thank you for thank you for indulging me in that. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, anything anything you want to make sure we talk about before we bounce? Um, I, I really I don't really know. I don't, I don't really know. I'm just kind of here, uh, and I'm just glad to be on. I, by the way, we got a text in uh, asking about that's dope. I, I have a prediction for dope. I think dope could be like cool. And by that, I mean, I think it could survive generations. I think it could last. But I, but in or, before that, before I'm going to be strong with that prediction, I need to ask Jared, is it still, is that still, if something taps, is it still dope? Uh, I wouldn't say, like, I wouldn't call, like, if it, if it, like if a bur- I, I wouldn't say if a bur- if I say a burrito, like if I say that time or whatever, I wouldn't say it's dope. Like dope is a different thing. Like I would say a burrito's cool. Like you know, like that's different. Um, so set aside the burrito I, for a moment. That's my fault. What no, is, no. is 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 dope still in the vernacular? No, yeah. For, I okay, mean, I, I probably say it more than the average person. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah it's, like people still say it. Um, and I, I mean, I hope it lasts. Um, but yeah. Dad, do you have any? Do you have any question? Dad, do you have any questions, particularly about slang? And I have a question for you, Dad. Do you remember any slang words that were in in the you know Mountain West of the United States in the previous decades? Any slang words from your childhood? Well, remember that uh, when when I was a lad, I was in Honolulu. What were the What were the slang words? What were the slang words in Hawaii? <laughs> I don't even remember the oh, slang man. words. In, but you <laughs> know, it's this. been. It's been seventy years. What, 
Jared, what are you looking forward to about college? Have you decided what you want to study? What are you most curious about? What do you want to learn? Um, yeah, I think, like, at least one thing I'm looking forward to is I went on a, I, I was part of a, well, I'm still part of the community, but, like, um, I joined, I guess, a part of a program um, over last summer, so last year, um, uh, called Lita. It's really dope. Um, juniors should definitely apply, or, like, rising juniors or whatever, um, should definitely apply for the program, Lita, L-E-D-A. Um, it's a college access program. Um, and so just with that, I know, like, six-ish, like, freshmen um, already at Brown, like, that I am like that I know, know, um, and I've met in person and are really dope um, and are my friends. Um, and so I'm excited to see them again, for one. Um, for two, I'm definitely excited to, um, like, like, like I said before, some concentrations I'm interested in are political science, sociology, ethnic studies, and taking like Latinx slash indigeneity related courses. Um, I think that would be dope. I'm also excited to have teachers of like professors of color because like um, it's weird. Like at Douglas currently, although our like student population is really diverse, our teacher uh, or educator population isn't. And so I haven't really had teachers of color. Um, and so it'd be really dope um, to have that um, in college. Um, for I want to, Jared. I want to say thank you for saying dope three times and reinforcing the point. Also, want to say thank you for joining us. It's been delightful to talk to you, man. Good luck and go out and make the world better, my friend. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on. All right. That was Jared Katz, outgoing student body president, David Douglas' dad. Before we wrap, it is time for a rapid straw in the wind. I have a straw in the wind. Try the wind that DDT was not able to wangle a throw out the ball. Fauci, Fauci threw out a ball and Top put out a baseball, Anthony Fauci, and there are 51,000 requests for the card, which is the biggest request Tops has ever recorded. That strikes me as a serious straw in the wind. Well, Pop, we did it again. We did it again, and I have so much international and state and local we're going to have to cover on Monday because we didn't get to it, but it was a delightful interview with Jared. Love you, Pop. Love you, too, and we'll be back on Monday.